Have you ever heard the term stupid or liar? It's when somebody says something so ridiculous and easily provable to be false, they either have to be incompetent or just lying to you. Where we're going to play stupid or liar, credit repair edition. The items we're going to cover are somebody guaranteeing a timeline. Per the Fair Credit Reporting Act, debt collectors have up to 30 days to respond to stuff. No one can guarantee a timeline under 30 days. CPNs, because using a 12-year-old social instead of yours to apply for financing is definitely something the lender is on board with. Next, we're going to cover people guaranteeing results. Only things that can be removed from your credit report are inaccurate, incomplete, or unverifiable. The next one we're covering is don't pay collections. Hint, anyone that says that, their goal is to collect money from you on a monthly basis with no reassurances that they can remove anything. And last but not least, my most favorite item is folks making a big fuss out of inquiries. Now I'm going to dive into inquiries a little bit before I jump into the episode. One, in six years in the mortgage industry, I've not seen a single human being denied a loan due to inquiries. It is not a thing. The other lie folks tell is, hey, don't go to the dealership and have the dealership run your credit 10, 15 times. It'll ruin your credit. It doesn't. They're all lies. And I'm going to say, don't believe me. Believe the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau because all this stuff is in writing. So let's get into it. Welcome back to House Rich, the first time homebuyer show where we provide you actionable steps in layman terms to buy your first home. Let's talk credit repair. First and foremost, I'm not anti-credit repair. It's a viable service when done right. And it's more convenient. For instance, people use Uber to get from point A to point B. They use Uber Eats instead of cooking food. You'll pay somebody to cut the lawn instead of doing it yourself. That's what credit repair is. Of course, you can find a bunch of the information online, but you're paying for the convenience. My goal is to vet out the bogus people that are taking advantage of you being in a desperate situation. First and foremost, let's get to guaranteeing results. Your favorite credit repair guru often references the Fair Credit Reporting Act or FCRA. However, they never reference what's actually in it. So let's see what they have to say. Consumer reporting agencies must correct or delete inaccurate, incomplete, or unverifiable information. Inaccurate, incomplete, or unverifiable information must be removed or corrected usually within 30 days. Why the usually? Because that credit agency finds new information, they have another 15 days to just reply to the complaint that you've issued them. Meaning, when you see folks post 48 hours, 14 days, 28 days, there's no way they can guarantee that because legally, even if the collection is bogus, they have 30 plus sometimes 15 days to reply. So why do people say that? Because it's to hook you in. They know they can't guarantee a timeline, but they can say, oh, the collection agency is dragging their feet. We couldn't have anticipated X, Y, or Z. They could have, but now you're in month two and month three. You've already like pot committed. So you've already paid $99 for two months. So you're like, should I back out now and get nothing for my money? Let me do another two, three, four, 
nearly on month five on this credit repair journey that was supposed to be all getting done within the first 14 days. So we've seen right there in writing on the FCRA that nothing can be done in less than 30 days. So they should be making no guarantees on timelines. Talking about guarantees in general, they should be making no guarantees either. The only way for somebody to guarantee results in general is to do something illegal and like clean your credit by filing like a police report or something like that. So if that's what you want them to do, yeah, they can guarantee results that way. Outside of that, nobody has any magical sauce, algorithm, or letter to get stuff removed. Let's read this directly from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's website. And if you don't know what they are, they are in charge of, amongst other things, the three major credit bureaus, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Here they go. Some credit repair companies recognize this fact and have developed creative marketing tactics to target you. Sometimes this marketing includes confusing and misleading messaging aimed at taking advantage when you're trying to get your financial life back on track. You also can't remove negative information if it's accurate. You might end up paying for no results. Any credible credit repair person will tell you they cannot guarantee results because if there's proof it's yours, it cannot be removed. So let's go for the three scenarios where stuff can be removed. Let's say it's inaccurate. What does that mean? That means that the collection is yours. However, a part of the data they use to identify it as yours is inaccurate. For instance, the account number may be wrong or the balance may be wrong. If that's inaccurate, the credit repair company has a chance to correct it, as we saw in the first example. And if they can't correct it, they have to remove it. Now, what is incomplete? Once again, the item is yours, but it's missing information. Like it may be missing that account number, for instance. And last is unverifiable, meaning it's yours. However, they don't have the proper documentation in order to verify the information is yours and therefore give you the opportunity to dispute the item, which is your right. So if they don't have that documentation, it has to be removed as well. Those are the only three scenarios. If it's yours and everything is correct and they got the documentation, there is no way in the world to have that item removed, except for the next way. I'm a realtor in Dallas and would love to help you reach your goals of home ownership. So click the link in the description and just schedule a call no matter where you are on your journey. Not in Dallas, no worries. I can help connect you with a vetted realtor in your local jurisdiction as well. And feel free to share with friends, family, and folks. Everyone gets left. Which leads me to item number three. Folks that say don't pay collections. They say that because they want you to pay their money instead of you paying the collection company the money. As we talked about, there's only three scenarios where items can be removed from your credit report. And there's no way for the credit repair company to know if you fall into one of those three categories before they even take your money and look at your credit report. Take a guess at what percent of the total debt that debt collectors pay when they buy your debt. One, two, three, it's 4%. So on a $1,000 debt, that debt collector pays about $40. So let's say you have a $500 debt. The debt collector paid about $20 for that debt. And no, they're not going to accept like $25 because most people don't pay their debt. That's why they have to have those huge margins. But according to the American Fair Credit Council, debt collectors on average settle at about 48% 
of the original debt amount. So let's go back to the scenario. We have a $500 debt. And here's the thing, that 48% is a lot higher depending on how recent your debt is. So typically if it's within like a year or two, you can expect about a 70% of that balance. I know I've had to pay a collection before. The person called me, I knew the debt was mine. I didn't do the whole, you know, try to finagle the system. And I just was about to pay the debt. But before I could even say, okay, I'll pay the debt. The guy said, hey, if you pay the debt right now, you only have to pay 70% of the amount. So I was like, okay, wow, I was going to pay 100% of the amount. I didn't know how the game worked. I didn't know how to run the play. As a result, let's jump back to that $500 debt. Let's say they'll take 70% of the total. That's $350. Well, if you're paying somebody between $99 to $199 a month to repair your credit, and it's going to take like three to five months. In that scenario, you're better off just paying the debt directly to the debt collector because that will be cheaper. And of course, make sure that they agree to remove the collection from your credit report if you pay the amount. If you pay the amount and they don't remove it, you've done absolutely nothing. It'll actually make your credit score worse because you went from, let's say, a $500 collection that's two years old to a $0 collection that's one month old. And time or recency of a debt has a bigger impact on your credit report than the actual amount a lot of times. Next, CPNs. The whole concept of a CPN makes no sense from a legal standpoint. The premise is instead of using your social to apply for credit, you use a random nine digit number. And of course, socials have nine digits. The whole thing is it's typically an actual social, except for it's from like a kid, obviously kids. Hopefully they have not had credit in their name yet. Uh, a deceased person or maybe like an inmate, basically somebody that is not actively using their credit profile. Because think about it. Let's say you're applying for a $400,000 loan with Chase. Like why would Chase be like, okay, yeah, we'll definitely evaluate your income, but hey, let's, uh, let's look at someone else's credit because we could care less what your credit or your history of your ability to repay your financial obligation is, yeah, just use a completely random nine-digit number. It's all good. Now, there are a bunch of lies that the CPN boys will tell you about. Hey, it's uh, not illegal to have one. It's just illegal to use it. Yeah, I guess kind of like you can have counterfeit money, but you just can't use it in the bank. But they'll tell you ways that you can use the CPN hypothetically if you wanted to. And they'll give you nonsense like the Banking Privacy Act of 1974. They'll say dumb stuff like celebrities use it. And a bunch of lies that don't really hold up if you really want to actually look up and verify what they want to say. And speaking of looking up and verifying, what I'm looking at is a 1003 Uniform Residential Loan Application. And when you put in your identifying information, you'll see a section for personal information, name, alternate names, social security number. In parentheses, it says individual taxpayer identification number, also known as an ITIN. Those are the only two items that you can put in that block. That's for your date of birth, citizenship, etc. In parentheses, there's even ITIN number. There's not ITIN or random nine-digit number known as a CPN. And here's the thing. Also, if you just Google is a CPN illegal, you'll see every financial institution says, yes, they are legal. It is committing fraud, which is very important because if you scroll to page seven of the 1003, it says this, any intentional or negligent 
misrepresentation of information may result in the imposition of civil liabilities on me, including monetary damages if a person suffers any loss because the person relied on any misrepresentation that I have made on this application and or criminal penalties on me, including but not limited to fines or imprisonment or both under provision of federal law. And since the CPM boys like to quote uh, code, that is USC 181001. So there you go. Even if you forget or misremember, they got a thing in there for negligent misrepresentation. So you can't even act like, oh, I didn't know. Well, if you didn't know, who cares? You're getting fined, locked up, banned from the bank, etc. Now, if you want a deeper dive on what actually happens when you apply for a CPN, I have a deep dive coming soon that goes from paying $75 for a CPN, a bunch of bogus upsells, all the way to the CPN person walking me through how to actually apply for a mortgage. But here's the thing, after the mortgage, spoiler, you get declined, there is another huge upsell. It's almost like the CPN scammer is scamming you as well. Hmm. Now, my favorite topic inquiries. I'm going to read you this quote directly from Experience website. In contemporary versions of FICO's credit model, for example, hard inquiries related to mortgages, auto loans, and student loan applications are entirely ignored for 30 days from the date of the inquiry. If you settle on a loan during that 30-day time period, your score will not be affected. You may be thinking, well, hey, that's just what experience is saying. They can put anything out. They're liars. You shouldn't believe the credit bureau. Okay, we can say the credit bureaus may liar, be liars, and they don't work for your benefit, but they're not putting a lie in writing on their website. But hey, let's look at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which governs the three major credit bureaus, and let's see what they got to say. Some types of credit, like auto mortgage loans, where lenders are offering the same type of loan requests on your credit score within a time span ranging from 14 days to 45 days, it will only count as one inquiry. You can shop around for a car. You can shop around for a mortgage. It will not negatively impact you. It only counts as one inquiry on your credit score. So a car is one, a, a mortgage is another. And I point this out to say, one of the huge bogus lies folks tell you is that Hey, don't go to the dealership. They're going to run your credit 10, 15 times and ruin your credit. No, that is not true at all. If they run it 10 to 15 times and they're shopping around for you, it only counts as one hit. So why in the world do, and I'm going to get into this from a mathematical standpoint as well, why credit inquiries don't matter. But why in the world do the credit repair industry make such a big deal out of inquiries? Because they're super easy to remove, especially if you just want to lie about it. So it looks like they're doing a bunch of stuff. It's like, okay, you had 10 inquiries on your credit report. But, you know, I did my magical razzle-dazzle, my secret sauce, my algorithm, and I got these inquiries removed. But here's the thing. Going back to one inquiry being the same as 10, they cannot remove the inquiry if you actually got credit. So let's say you got a car. You went to the dealership, they ran your credit 10 times. Well, the inquiry for the actual line of credit that was extended to you cannot be removed. So therefore, the 10 inquiries that have gone down to one inquiry have zero impact on your credit report because 10 inquiries equals one inquiry. It's just razzle-dazzle. It looks like folks are doing stuff 
That's why they make such a big fuss. Now, actually, I actually have an episode that goes over how to remove inquiries for free. Depending on how I'm feeling at the end of this episode, I may just tell you at the very end. But next, let's talk about it from a mathematical standpoint. Your FICO sort consists of 850 points. 300 of those points are free just for having a credit profile, meaning we're talking about the amount of your credit score you can manipulate. We're only talking about 550 points. And I'm going to tell you how your credit score is broken down. You'll see how irrelevant inquiries are. 35% or 192.5 points are payment history. 30% or 165 points are utilization. 15% or 82.5 points is length of credit history. 10% or 55 points is credit mix, meaning revolving accounts versus installment accounts. And the other 10% is inquiries, new credit. So let's back out the math because you probably were not adding those up in your head, but we know the total is 850. So we have a zero in the inquiry column. 850 minus 55 equals 795. So you can literally have a zero and still have perfect credit from a mortgage standpoint because 780 and above or 740, depending on what type of loan program, is perfect credit. Now you're probably thinking, hey, there's no way for me to have a zero in the inquiry column and perfect in every other category. You're right. You're 100% correct. That's why those first two items, utilization and payment history, matter a lot more than inquiries. Having a bunch of inquiries is a symptom of having poor payment history or poor utilization, which is why you need to get a bunch of inquiries in the first place because you're trying to shop around to find the right play, to find the right person that will overlook your poor payment history. That's just the truth. That is what it is. I told you my goal is not to be like your friend or buddy buddy. It's to tell you the truth to help you become a better home buyer. And that's the truth. You got poor payment history and your credit card utilization is jacked to the ceiling. That's why you denied not the inquiries. In seven years in the real estate industry, I've not seen a single human being denied a mortgage due to having too many inquiries because it is not a thing. There you go. In later episodes, I'll provide you actionable steps in order to fix your credit or your own, or you can use these tips I gave you to vet your credit repair person to see if they're legit or not. And as always, buy land. Rumor has it they're not making any more of it.